Good morning. Uh, my name is Amanda. I'm the director of Lighthouse School, and I work with our preschool children here at the church. Just wanted to say welcome to everyone here who's here in person. We're so excited that we can start gathering more fully together. We welcome everyone who's still viewing online. We're so glad that you have joined us today. Well, happy 4th of July. Um, it's been quite a week that we've had here in Maine. Quite a typical weather week for Maine of starting out the week in a heat wave where we all thought we were going to, um, you know, boil to death. And now we've all got our sweaters and our hoodies on and it's time to barbecue in the rain. So it just, it's just crazy sometimes weather in Maine. Um, you never really know what you're going to get. So um, I always have like a sweatshirt in my car and like my, my beach gear just in case it gets warm enough to go for a dip. Um, I hope that you're all able to spend some time with your family and friends over the next couple of days to celebrate this holiday. Um, the, I wanted to share with you during this series, um, several of our pastors are going to be sharing with you about different um, spiritual formation uh, practices. And then at the end of this series, we're going to have a special guest missionary is going to be coming to speak the first Sunday of August. So following that service, we're going to have um, a church picnic, which is kind of exciting that we'll be able to stay together for a meal after service. We hope that you can join us for that out on the front lawn. That's the first Sunday in August. So this summer, um, I have jumped right back into being uh, my, my busy, busy self. I'm teaching a class for our district for the um, people who are working on their ministerial credentials. So the class that I'm teaching is called Christian Education. Uh, one of the first concepts, first things that we talked about this week was Christian formation and kind of what formation means. And so we have a, a definition of it, which is kind of heady, but formation is the intentional process of nurture and assimilation into the Christian faith community. So we talked this week about several ways that formation happens uh, within the Christian community. So I'm going to list those out. I'm not going to go into detail, and um, everyone here who's taking the class will thank me for not repeating myself this week. Um, but some of the ways that Christians are formed, that we are formed um, in the church, are through community rites and traditions. So things like baptism and marriage ceremonies and coming together to worship each week. Um, those are community rites and traditions. We're shaped by our environment, the, the surroundings, things that we surround ourselves with. We're shaped by our time, the things that we choose to do with our time. We're shaped by our community life, so the people and the things that we choose to do or not do in our lives, those things shape us. We're shaped by discipline, so some of the practices, the things that we make important in daily routines in our lives shape us. We're shaped by social interaction. Um, I know I tell my daughter who's in middle school that she's shaped by the friends that she surrounds herself with. So she surrounds herself with questionable friends. Her behavior begins to be questionable. We're shaped by role models. So people that we look up to, people who we uh, want to be like, uh, we're shaped by those people. <clears throat> and we're shaped by a language. So here in our church, we're shaped by the um, 
phrases that we hear a lot. Um, does anybody want to shout out a phrase that you hear a lot here at our church? Thank you. Something that one of our pastors might say all of the time. Anybody else? Yes. Served people serve. Saved people save. Loved people love. There are parts of our church as a culture, um, there's language around, around that. All of those, all of those things shape us um, as, as Christians in our, in our church. So what we choose to do or not do together shapes us. So I can choose to spend my time with people who might not be shaping me, informing me to be more like Christ, or I can choose to um, spend my time with people who will push me on to be more like, like him. We're formed by the rhythms that we practice in our daily lives. The focus of spiritual formation is the Holy Spirit who forms and guides the ongoing journey toward Christ-likeness for each of us. The Holy Spirit cooperates with us in Christian formation, even though sometimes it's painful. The, the work that the Holy Spirit does in us is not always easy, but it is always important, and it's always formational and life-giving. Well, our bottom line today, I'm going to say it at the beginning, I'll say it at the end again, is getting in the habit of spiritual disciplines is important because spiritual rhythms lead to a deeper relationship with God. Getting in the habit of spiritual disciplines is important because spiritual rhythms lead to a deeper relationship with God. You'll not only develop a deeper relationship with God, but also with those around you. Because spiritual disciplines help us develop better attitudes, more stable emotions, good thoughts, and kindness toward others. Spiritual disciplines help enrich our lives and in turn help us to enrich the lives around us. Well, this time of year, um, thinking about enriching lives around us and summertime, I always fondly look back on going to summer camp, which just up until a couple of years ago, I was still leading summer camp for our teens, so it wasn't that long ago. But when I think back on my childhood of attending camp, I have quite fond memories. I grew up here in the state of Maine. My grandparents and my parents, they grew up in the state of Maine. And uh, my family originally is from northern Maine. Has anybody here ever traveled to or lived in northern Maine? All right, it is uh, quite far away. Um, it's not just right down the road. So as a child, my brother and I, we would travel with other children from my parents and my grandparents' churches here in Southern Maine. We would travel up to a camp in Northern Maine. And we did that because my grandparents and my parents had friends who opened this campground when my dad was a small child. And they helped at this campground all throughout my dad's growing up. Um, and then they would ship us off to camp up there um, because of the connection that they had. So this drive, um, at the time in the 90s, the speed limit on the turnpike was lower than it is now. So you could not get to, uh, the, the campground is 25 miles north of Holton. So you couldn't get there in like the three plus hours you could get there now because you can drive so fast. So in a church van, 
a 15-passenger van, full of children and all of their camping gear. They would stuff us in, and then we would be in this van for over six hours traveling up to camp. And it's some of the fondest memories that I have as a child where we're taking this long trek up to camp. We would get up there, and the campground... Um, until just a few years ago was still led by the woman and her husband who originally built the campground. And so as a child, she was, you know, my grandmother's age and directing this camp and in, in a dress all the time. And um, I have memories of her with the megaphone and telling us to line up for, for meals and praying for us over the megaphone and directing and um, at the campground, there was a large tabernacle that, that's a big word, it's like, it's like a sanctuary, um, but camp style sanctuary with like a dirt floor, and, but nice seating. And um, I just have these fond memories of services there in the tabernacle and the women who would uh, cook for us at the campground, they would make three homemade meals a day. There was always fresh bread that was baking. They just, they took such good care and pride of forming and pouring into children and teenagers uh, for, for the Lord. And so just thinking back on, on camp and going to camp, um, those are some very vivid memories that I have. Well, each summer, there was a children's evangelist who would come and speak at children's camp. And she had kind of the same, each, each year, the same services that she would do. So one night during camp, they would talk about uh, the fruit of the spirit. And she would speak on that. So there was a song that we always sang leading up to, uh, like in that service, and the kids, uh, we all loved it. There were emotions that went along with it. If you work in children's ministry or if you were ever a child, um, you may know this song. It's uh, to the tune, it's like a doo-wop song, right? And like it, some of the lyrics uh, said like, I like bananas and I know that mangoes are sweet. Does anybody know this song? No? All right. I'll have our children learn it and sing it for you. There were emotions that went along with it. The emotions resembled like the old Chiquita banana commercial. And like, it was so much fun. And at camp, we would sing this song. The hilarious part about it is the song, it's about the sweet love of God and it doesn't actually name the fruit of the spirit, but it names actual fruit. So there was like that connection of singing it on the night. Anyway, when I think about the fruit of the Spirit, and I think about in our lives, the fruit of the Spirit being evident, I always think of this song. And it's just this hilarious watching adults dance to this. And um, it reminds me um, of the importance of how the fruit of the Spirit becomes evident in our lives um, because it does reflect this sweet love of God. Well, when we practice spiritual disciplines, we will start harvesting the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit will be evident in our life, that we will, we will be showing God's love and joy and patience to those around us. Spiritual disciplines will help humble us and keep us in tune with God's desires for us as we become closer and closer to Him. And the fruit of the Spirit becomes more evident in the way that we think and the way that we act. Uh, over the years, different church leaders have created lists 
of spiritual disciplines and different things that we ought to do um, as spiritual disciplines. Well, some of those disciplines uh, include scripture reading, scripture study and reflection, prayer, fasting, worship, service, solitude. All of these things are very important. All of these things are, are valuable in our lives. But God does not demand that we are experts at every single spiritual discipline. God does not have a list of things that he's like, all right, have you done this and this and this and this today? You get a gold star, way to go, you're on your way. God, God doesn't do that to us. The important factor in practicing spiritual disciplines is that whatever the spiritual discipline is that you are doing is that it is forming and shaping you into the image of Christ and that you're doing it on a regular basis to give it the opportunity to form and shape you. I wanted to give you some practical tips because sometimes we can talk about, you should read your Bible and then we all go. Um, so here are some practical tips to, to help you along your way of, for integrating at least scripture reading, prayer and worship into your daily rhythms. Um, does anybody have a, a smartphone? Is that something that you folks, you do? Okay, so if you use a smartphone, there are apps that you can download that you can set reminders on, you can set notifications on, that can help to remind you to practice your spiritual disciplines. Um, I know I have an alarm that is set so, so that I wake up in the morning. Um, I take a lot of medications and when I first started taking different medications, I needed to set alarms to remind myself to take my medications. And um, there's nothing wrong with setting reminders and notifications to remind you to do something like reading your Bible or stopping for a minute and, and praying. Um, I wear a smartwatch that reminds me to stop and breathe. Breathing something you do naturally but my watch has to remind me and be like, hey, slow down, like take a deep breath. There's nothing wrong with having these reminders in our life so that we do things that are good for us and things that will help form and shape us. So some apps, I wanted to give you some examples. Um, if you're looking for uh, an app about scripture reading, there's one called YouVersion and one called Olive Tree. And these are, um, these are apps that will help you uh, like not necessarily read through the Bible in a certain amount of time, but to give you like a scripture reading uh, to read each day. There are some apps about prayer uh, called the Daily Prayer app and Abide. And those are two great apps that um, Abide has like different daily meditations. So it kind of gives you like a little uh, devotional along with a prayer. And then um, for like worship music or finding um, stuff like that to listen to, um, using Spotify or Apple Music, those are great apps to use um, to find some, some that can be free with commercials. But anyway, some worship music. Um, another practical tip um, would be just to schedule time to spend with God. So like I said, you can, you can set reminders and things on these apps, but you can also set in your schedule and in your, in your calendar or on your phone an alarm that just says, okay, every day at this time, I'm going to stop and I'm going to spend some time with God, whatever that looks like for you. 
So maybe you need to set up like a little chair in the corner with it's cozy. It has your Bible and a journal and a pen and a candle, whatever. Maybe you need to get some new walking shoes so that you can go for a walk so that you are motivated to um, go and, and talk to God while you're walking. Uh, whatever it is that helps you to integrate some of these um, meaningful spiritual rhythms in your life, um, I encourage you, be intentional about it and schedule it, set it up, get the things that you need, and then um, commit commit to doing it. So let's look a little bit more deeply into why scripture reading, scripture study, and reflection is important. Um, because we've all just heard over the years that this is important, but it actually, uh, we can go back to God's word and see um, why that is so important. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 reads, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God will be complete, equipped for every good work. The first thing I want to pull out of this scripture is that scripture forms us so that we can form others in Christ. Scripture is God-breathed. It's God's word for us to do God's work. Scripture informs us about how God thinks, about what his expectations are for us, and what his plan is for creation. Scripture trains us. It trains our minds to think like God and so that we can act like Christ. We can read about the story of God's people over the entire um, Old Testament and New Testament. We can read about um, where God has brought his people through the Old Testament. We can read about Jesus's life and the life of the early church and early Christians and early pastors um, through the New Testament. And we can see this overarching theme and plan of God throughout scripture. And when we begin to understand and think like God in those terms of God's plan for all of creation, then we begin to see that eternal plan of redemption. So we begin to see other people, not just as like the annoying coworker or the sassy child or the, the nagging spouse. We begin to see them more than just those in those ways, but we begin to see people as God has a plan for this person and God wants them to be in right relationship with him because they have an eternity with him or without him. And when we begin to look at other people in that way, then we begin to, it gives us the opportunity to begin to act like Christ acted and love like Christ loved. And thirdly, scripture equips us for every good work. We will be equipped to respond in situations that we're confronted with when life happens. The difficult situations will begin to be equipped to respond to those um, in, in more appropriate ways, uh, in more godly ways, um, the more that we look to scripture. Well, I wanted to um, share one more story with you today. <clears throat> My family, Aaron and Alethea, they <clears throat> went on a road trip this week. Uh, Aaron has been working from home since COVID started. And so 
since he's been working from home, he realized he could work from home from his, from his parents' home. And so he and Alethea have gone out to Indiana to visit his parents, who we haven't seen um, in, in a, over a year and a half now. And so Aaron's working from Indiana for this next month. So when Aaron told me that they, they would be driving out to Indiana, I got a little bit nervous. Uh, for a few reasons. Typically when we go on road trips, I am the main driver, so that they, they, they drove to Indiana. Uh, typically they don't, uh, Aaron and Alethea don't travel alone without me. Often like I would go on a trip with the youth group or our whole family would go away. Um, so them leaving me is something new. Uh, well, also, Indiana is over a thousand miles away, and that's not just a one-day drive. And so I was just a little bit nervous. So in my over-preparedness way, I made sure that they were fully equipped for this road trip. Um, I even made it onto Aaron's Facebook post that day about the number of first aid kits that I packed for them, which I did not pack two first aid kits. If he had looked in the first aid kits, he would see there were different things in them. They just took up more than one container. I made sure that they had all of the snacks that they would need, that they had bottled water and flashlights and all of the things they would need just in case they broke down on the side of the road and no one could go save them until I could drive to them. They had everything that they needed. So I, we, I, I packed all of their bags. I made sure I knew that they had all their underwear and everything they needed. And I put them in the car, and then they drove away Thursday morning. Well, as they left, I was still a little bit nervous. But I was like, he's a grown adult. She's 12 years old. They can handle this. And they made it to Indiana. They're fine. They had everything that they needed on their, on their trip. Because we had prepared. We had equipped their vehicle, we had equipped them uh, for anything that could come along. Well, this is what scripture does for us as Christians. It equips us for whatever situation comes up in our lives. No two of us are exactly the same. The experiences that I have had growing up and in my life, even for other people who have gone through similar, similar situations, no two people are exactly the same. And so scripture does not tell us, if this happens to you, this is how you will respond. But scripture prepares us for any situation that we go through. And it answers us in the same way through principles that we can find in God's word that help us and teach us to lean into him, to love others and to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us through whatever the situation is. Spiritual disciplines, um, they're not impossible. They're not unrealistic expectations uh, that God puts on us trying to get us to, to maintain I know that in our lives, it can be hard to exercise spiritual disciplines. It can be hard to commit to do those things, but 
committing to do, to to a spiritual discipline can help us um, in powerful ways to live our lives for Christ, to grow in our relationship with God and in our relationship with those around us. Having a close, intimate relationship with God should be the greatest priority in your life. If it's not the greatest priority in your life, my challenge for you today is to make it the greatest priority in your life. Greater than anything else that you do, that pouring into your relationship with God should be elevated among above all other priorities. Because with God front and center in your life, everything else will begin to line up. And as transformation begins to take place inside of you, it will start to come out of you and happen in the lives of people around you as you love them the way Christ loves them. And that's my challenge for you today. Um, can we stand together? We're going to sing a closing song and then we'll come back to pray.
help us to be formed by you. God, as we go from this place, I pray that your richest blessings on each one. God, that our hearts would continually be turned toward you. Shape us, Lord. Help us in each situation, God, to lean into you, to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us, help us to love those around us better each day. We pray these things in your name. Amen. God bless you today.